Welcome to Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I'm Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. And today we'll be interviewing Olaf Fleur, who is an indie film director, scriptwriter, and producer, along with being an actor. He has also produced a Learn Indie Filmmaking course by making a short film on skill learning sites. So definitely go check that out. This is the first part of a two-part series we will be doing on him. The first section includes an introduction to him and some theory behind filmmaking. The second is practically applying that area. So definitely go check that out and you can learn my weird and slightly awesome idea for a film. And we discussed that there. So here's the interview. So welcome, Mr. Diffler. Um, it's great to have you here. Now, the way I found you was I was interested in learning indie filmmaking. I was like, hey, what are some of the ways I can learn? So I Googled um, indie filmmaking courses, I believe, on one of the websites that shares courses, and your course popped up. So I looked at it and like, hey, this is really interesting. So I emailed you, and here we are. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. It's a... Uh... It's amazing that you, you know, Googled me, found me, and yeah, it's when I, so I made this indie filmmaking course that you might have come across, and it's always like in this new atmosphere, casting out a net, and it's so interesting what, you know, comes to you when you just go out there. So it's, I mean, you know, I don't want to be corny too early in the interview, but I'm, I'm genuinely, you know, more grateful than you might suspect that, that I'm talking to you guys. Oh yeah, it's awesome having you here. So we were looking through your record and you've had around, you've had ton, maybe over, it was over 10, I believe, films that you've produced or have some hand in making. And you have your own indie filmmaking course and you've had seven awards that you've won across um, different festivals and different things. So I didn't think I would be able to do a good enough job introducing you. So do you mind just doing that for our audience? Like, what, what do you do? And tell us a little bit about yourself before we get really into the nitty-gritty details. Of course. The, uh, it's always tricky to describe yourself. And I love, like, attempting to it each time. Um, so I am from Iceland. Uh, born and raised in Iceland. And I started, um, like I grew up in the countryside of Iceland and around farmers and mechanics and stuff like that. And I was always almost fascinated how I was not interested in the mechanics. <laughs> My father was a mechanic and I one, one time I asked him when I was about 10 years old, like dad, what do you think I'll become in this life? <laughs> And he looked at me very, very kindly. And he said, one thing's for sure, Olaf, you're not going to be a mechanic. <laughs> because I was always just writing poems about, you know, uh, my surroundings. And then just kind of through 10 to 20, I was just very observant, quiet, looking. And then something kicked in. Uh, and I thought especially in hindsight, that's usually when you know what happened. I think for my 
particular spirit in this lifetime, filmmaking was the best kind of international passport for me. It would allow me to travel the world, make an excuse to see and meet people that I otherwise wouldn't meet. So when I started in filmmaking, it was very, um, it wasn't planned at all. I just felt that I was born with my sleeves up, so to speak. And a very gentle force of taking no prisoners. It's like, oh, I got to go to the Philippines and do a film about this strange topic. Doing it. So I didn't ask myself. I, always, I would just almost kind of wake up in these strange places and be like, huh, I'm in India on the shore. Or I'm in Thailand sleeping with monks. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Who is this guy? Who am I? So it's, you know, that kind of, so it's like being on a train almost. <clears throat> And what you mentioned, so I've done quite a bit of films, both documentaries and features, but they all felt like and have felt like a consequence of this train journey, so to speak. So it's not like I sit down and I'm going to create an award-winning film. It is more just like mm, receiving and unveiling, to go a little poetic. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can, you need to help me now. Like, am I leaving any gaps in this? No, I, I think you introduced yourself really well. So I'm curious. I want to hear a little bit about your, like, your course. What went behind making the course? And because when you watch the trailer, it seems like a trailer for a movie or something, or a documentary, or something like that. So could you tell us why you decided to share all of your experience that you gained to everyone else? Like, what? Why did you decide to do that? Was it part of something that you've always wanted to do, or you know, what was the thinking behind that? Um. The thought behind the course was uh, has a little uh, history, which has to do with, uh, I guess, exhaustion. Like if I go back to the train that I'm on, <laughs> you know, I'm doing all these films. Um, but after, you know, I would say like five years ago, I would just notice that, huh, I'm really good at doing films, but I really need to stop now listen to myself, catch up with myself. What have I learned? What people have I met? So I had to kind of just think a little bit about, uh, because I went really fast and I manifested quite, manifested quite a bit. But it was also a question in order to, if I wanted to evolve and evolve my voice, like I was a singer, I would have to stop and listen uh, to my experience. And when I did that, something quietly shifted and I naturally became more interested in society and communication because making films in the end, you know, each film is a metaphor with a message. Like every film you see has one primal message, fear of abandonment, fear of being alone and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I would just notice that being good at making films, was helping people communicate, was helping them understand themselves better and also help people to understand other people's vocabulary and world. 
right? So after this, so it's been so it's, it's a process that is still going. But the general thought is, how can I share my experience, what I've learned about communication, into the world? And to do that, I would have to unveil myself or de-onionize <laughs> myself, so to speak. And a journey kind of another, let's just keep with the trains as a metaphor. So now the train took over. Maybe as a bus, I'm not sure what I'm on right now. <laughs> but somehow I ended up in Inglewood, California, working with uh, an ex-convict there who had spent 20 years in prison. And he wanted to write a film. But because of the trauma that he endured in prison, he was unable to sit still, just got very anxious. So I, that was last year. So I decided I should stay in Inglewood for about half a year and do a mini documentary on, it, on his process. And as I was teaching him, I realized that I shouldn't be teaching him. I should be listening. So I stopped teaching him and started listening. And after that, we were kind of teaching each other. Yeah. So after that experience last year, sorry, the year before last year, 2019, uh, from that experience, I thought, okay, let me kind of, can I convey everything I know about filmmaking through teaching to various people? Can I convey it in a one course, like learn indie filmmaking? So I, was, so I took all last year to just write down everything I know about filmmaking. And then I would just ask a lot of people if they understood what I was saying. Because I'm sure both of you know, even though you know something, getting it across is quite the challenge. Yeah. So <clears throat> I did that course. And because you mentioned it was like a trailer almost. So that's my other profession, which is editing trailers. And I've, and I've just ed like finished a new course, which is just that, teaching people how to edit trailers. So it's all still about communication. And even, and I'm sure your generation is, is getting the bigger end of it, the clarity of communication in social media, which is always a form of a mini trailer or a mini teaser. What is your angle? Like, what do you want to come across in your social media? Like, check it. How can you convey it more clearly, what you want to say? So it's always about, always about the, the beautiful human thing. Are we doing our best to communicate out what we want to say, and are we trying to understand what the other person is saying? <laughs> kind of, it kind of nuggets up there, that passion and the reason behind the course. That is awesome. And your course looks spectacular. And we'll definitely have to check that out. So could you tell us how you go by creating movies? What's kind of the behind the scenes and how do you come up with the idea for your movies? Usually... I'll answer this question, Maddie. But uh, like a part of me is is like inside me is, is thinking, uh, is wondering like uh, to ask either of you if you have an idea, and then we could we could actually take it out now, just as an exercise. But I'll first answer your question. Um, for myself, it starts, and I can again I can say this now because I have twenty years of experience, um, and I just know by experience 
if there's something you know that movie a moment in in especially i always use disney i know there are a lot of our studios but when you see an animal tilt their head turn their head a little bit like oh what is that oh they're curious yeah so i get that kind of an image in my head and if i do that in my head like hmm. <laughs> very gentle that means i'm ready to go to any country anywhere to film that scene and most of my films have been like that there's one scene that i want to see and i just happen to have to shoot all the other scenes and write them so i'm always that's how i get my ideas this one ex feeling of curiosity and which ties into my belief of that life is an adventure and a mystery but that's mine that's my system yeah. that's awesome so it kind of starts with one hmm moment that curiosity yeah. well, and then you go abroad and you film that one scene and then that triggers other scenes and then you you end up with a documentary or movie and that's a really cool way to approach making movies that's really awesome thanks thanks for like the way you recounted is really good which reminds me on you know which could be even more clearer which is this thing of um you know the thing when you're trying to motivate yourself to do something yeah everybody knows that yes the, the we and i'm i'm generalizing a little bit here uh just for the sake of the conversation there is usually always one image or a short video in our head that we're fighting for so for example if i have a little hmm moment that i'm curious about one scene that means i'm never going to get tired and if i get tired then i rest because i want to do the idea so it's, it's a little bit like wanted to do something learn a guitar or something but you don't have the image of you feeling great with a guitar because i see a guitar behind you maddie yes. <laughs> yeah yeah so if you have like one image it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be like a life coach where do you see yourself in you know it's not that it's like your secret private little mm, i want to for myself i want to check this out if you have that then you're not really counting the minutes when you're practicing that is that is incredible and it's so true it really is so you've been talking about how you've kind of traveled all over the world when you create films. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Like where all of you gone and what's your favorite place? Um, the, so there was, um, yeah. So my mind is kind of shuffling a slideshow inside my head. <laughs> I guess uh, the most interesting area is, uh, in broad aspects, is Asia, um, Thailand, Philippines, and India, because it's just a different world, and it's it's sometimes easier to see yourself in a different environment. Uh, it's easier to operate, but it's it's also a humility lesson because you're like, wow, it's a big world. It's you know, it's a little bit naive to say it which is always a good sign but I, i've just now when you're asking me the question i get really associated to these memories um working with uh 
like being in forest monasteries in <laughs> in Thailand with monks waking up in the morning um in the Philippines uh, where I was working with uh transgender people um it's just yeah it's been so I can't really answer your question because I get emotional and associated <laughs> sorry <laughs> Well, it sounds like you've been all over and that's incredible. So there are so many movies out there. So what would you say makes a successful movie? Oh, that's great questions. The let's, let's start with so many movies out there. Yeah. We again go into clarity, like the importance of clarity because of the uh, and this is a filmmaker's opinion that I'm saying now. Because of the quantity, uh, it's getting harder and harder to reach an audience because it's similar like when you go on Google, we all know that we have to go a lot of pages down to get past the copy-paste copywriting, right? So it's similar with with films. I think we're kind of returning back to word of mouth, you know, did you see that? Did you see that? Then you check it out, right? Because of the quantity. But it also goes back into why I made the course and stuff like that. Like increase clarity is going to, you know, increase that your film gets to the right place. There's just there's a lot of placeholders. Yeah, that makes sense. We're seeing a lot more inauthenticity, which is a big word. But it is you know, a reflection of uh, associative path to creative, uh, any creative, which is fear, which is just, we go back to, you know, what is known or cliches. Um, I am aware that I'm getting a little bit lost in the answer, but I'm crawling my way back here. Yeah, so the, the getting lost in, so cliches and placeholders are not bad at all. But there are, uh, you know, if I do a film that has a lot of cliches and placeholders, there's still a way to use that for your benefit to increase clarity. You know, it's very often where it's said that if your work is accessible, like if you compose a song on that guitar, <laughs> um, accessibility isn't, isn't bad as long as you can put some of yourself in it. Yeah. Yes. So, that yeah, that's awesome. It's really interesting. Keep going. No, it was it was, it was just that. And so, when then you asked what makes a successful movie. It is it is tricky to say because it so much depends on the receiver. Like you can see a bad film now, and after twenty years, it's still resonating with you. Was it a bad film? Yeah. So it really, really, and you know it, how subjective to time, like where you are as the receiver in your life. You can like a film nobody else likes. So it's, it's hard to answer that question definitely, definitively. I would just say all the one-on-ones, if people can hear your sound and see your image and your attempt to say something, you're, you've, gone, you've done pretty well. Yes, I've watched movies when I was younger and I hated them. And then I'd watch them a couple years later. I'm like, oh my word, I hated this? 
I think this is an awesome movie. And it's like you said, it really depends on the receiver and where they are in life. And yeah, that's a great answer. have really enjoyed this interview so far. So before we get into anything, so this is the first two-part series we've ever done. So this interview was a longer interview, uh, but it was really good content and we didn't want to cut it at all. So this is what we're going to do. This is the first part of this. I'm sure you already know this probably if you've clicked on this, on this episode, because it'll probably say that in, in the title or something. But what this is going to be is that was kind of the theoretical part in introducing Mr. Defleur. Um, himself. But then what we're going to do is the next episode or the next section of this is going to be about practically applying this advice. I really enjoyed that. You get to hear my personal weird idea for a movie slash book. Um, I thought it was awesome. So what did you think of it, Maddie? I really liked it. Taylor, y'all, Taylor is a little genius. And so her amazing idea is kind of being brought to life by Mr. DeFleur. So totally stay tuned for that because it is really entertaining to see them go back and forth and kind of make a little mini movie of Taylor's idea. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a genius, but that's one way of describing it. Hey, I thought your idea was amazing. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure everybody else who hears it will too. Well, you'll have to stay tuned. So, but before we end, go to aimingforthemoon.com. You can see more episodes and you can see a guest page that will probably be up about Mr. Um, Olaf de Fleur. Yeah, so check that out. We'll have pictures up and we'll have a link to his website and stay tuned for more. I'm very excited. So what about you, Maddie? I'm really excited and I really want to check out his course and get into filmmaking because this has been an awesome interview. Yeah, so we're going to have promotion links in the description of this episode and part two. So if you want to check out his course, then the first, I believe, 10 people who click on that link will get it for free. So definitely go do that. That's It's an awesome course, um, and we love talking to him. So stay tuned for the next part where he practically applies my idea, which is very interesting. So don't forget, set your sights high, and aim for the moon.